Hi, and welcome to Comfortable in Your Own Skin podcast. I'm Andrea Gullick, speaker, writer, and international mentor. Together, we're going to walk the path of becoming comfortable in our own skin by seeking radical honesty with yourself, making conscious choices, and living a life on point. And the only way you can live a life on point is to be comfortable in your own skin. And the only way to become comfortable in your own skin is to begin to ask why you're not already. Maybe it's untethering from family stories, from generational patterns. Maybe you've had encounters with trauma or hardship. Maybe you've just always questioned Who am I exactly? Irrespective of anything that's happened, anything you have or haven't done, this is a journey of how to just be you, comfortable in your own skin. something so powerful about music I just really needed to use that as the added extra intro today because I I feel so connected to words and and meanings and and just connections with different music with with different tones and different beats but like also the nostalgia sometimes of hearing a song and and being transported back to a different time or just the energy that it can really kind of that place it puts you in, almost like that trance of whether it is that nostalgic kind of more simmering low down or that real high tempo upbeat, like just bouncing out of your skin. And so that those words, I remember when I remember when I lost my mind I was thinking about this podcast and and those words that song just popped in because, you know, mental health is a big deal. And there seems to be so many people that in different ways and in, in varying conditions and intensities, there's so many people suffering with mental health. And I've suffered mental health a couple of times and, I really wanted to talk about that journey and and to really open up on on what I remember and what I believe and like how it played out for me because I think it's really important that we get rid of the stigma around it and begin to really maybe address what's in underneath our mind and the games it plays and and the places that it takes us that are not that are not good because when we know the place that we can be taken and why we're being taken there, then we can find our way back. We can find our way out. We can raise our energy and our own frequency in a way that brings us out of that really low-lying state. And so there's obvious things sometimes that, that trigger our mental health 
and and we can pinpoint that for me post-traumatic stress and post-natal anxiety it was pretty easy to pinpoint those things for me like that the intensity of the anxiety and the intensity of the fear with the post-traumatic that tended to make sense to me in that I'd had trauma with my first baby and then obviously trauma with losing my husband and those things accumulated and kind of descended in a pretty hard-hitting way once I when I remarried and had my third child. It's like all of the untouched stuff, all of the all of the emotions and all of the fear and all of the absolute chaos that maybe I had managed in different ways or had not managed in terms of had not sat with, had not really integrated within my central nervous system and really addressed of how big of a deal they were and how traumatising they were, it was possibly the 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 fact that I had diverted away from really going there and just got on with things, even if the way that I got on with things was in a somewhat maybe more dysfunctional way. And at least I I had at least escaped letting it sort of sit in my skin and letting myself be in that experience because we need to get on and we need to survive. And yet I guess the thing that I feel like I now believe is that I think in some ways we're so afraid to let the fear in and to let the darkness in and to really let the trauma sit within us because I think we're afraid we'll never come out of it, that it will stick so hard to us, that it will it will darken our days so much that that we will never be able to see the light again. And so we have to, I had to keep this fast track momentum forward, like do all of the things that that you do to get, to get on with life and, and continue and keep living life. And I guess the other aspect is the the stories that we tell ourselves, if we do allow ourselves to go there, if we do allow ourselves to sit within the absolute complete messiness of it all and, and literally fall apart, that maybe we'll be observed as not coping and and wallowing or being a victim or, you know, that even in our greatest tragedies there's still this pressure that we put on ourselves to to be achieving grief or achieving trauma in some way and yet there's no golden prize at the end that says, gee, that widow did much better than that one or, you know, we're all doing it the best way and and there is no best way. There, there just is a way and I think that can basically accumulate into this almost like this this festering mass of messiness at different times where we will be called to to the rawness of of what it is to be human and the rawness of our suffering and the rawness of because even underlining the 
the way that we're managing our stresses is this in terms of the judgment and are we getting this right or am I getting that right? There's still that will I be enough to be loved and accepted if I'm falling apart? Will I be enough to be loved and accepted if I can't seem to shift through my my grief and trauma? Like the pressure that we put on ourselves in any situation, whether it be to this degree or whether it's stress, uh, whether the, the energy and the stress is around achieving something, like it's all in this, the end result, like the the finish line of how did I go? Did I grieve correctly? Did I get the promotion correctly? Did I have the, the best relationship? Like all of the bits and pieces of us being human, living and managing you know, health and, and death and things like that, it still all comes under this umbrella of the the fight almost within us to be achieving something so that we can prove to the world that we are worthy, we can prove to the world that we're enough, we can prove that, you know, we're good at the thing that we're doing, even if it's just trying to survive. Did I do it good enough? Like when you're in survival, fight, flight mode, the last thing you need is pressure. And so this, I remember, I remember when I lost my mind. Like it's just so, it's so there. And yet, yes, I've I've shared about the post-traumatic stress and I've shared about the postnatal anxiety, but there was also this period of time where I was diagnosed with depression. And this was two years after my my husband's passing. And so I was diagnosed with that. And yet sometimes I feel like for me personally, diagnosis can be sort of like flicked out there in, um, you know, just there's an element of me that I'm like, when I look back now, I'm like, was I depressed or was I just actually not living my truth? And so that's my experience is that yeah, I was I was in a a vortex of overwhelm. There's no doubt about it. Like there was like my brain would not could not shut down. And so I have no no hesitation, no regrets whatsoever about the support that I required at that time in terms of medication. Because it really did help slow my brain down. And it slowed it down enough for me to actually be able to hear what was what my soul was directing me to what my heart was desiring and it became very apparent that that my life was building to a place of taking a different direction than what i anticipated it would and for me it was the turmoil that that created within me that either caused the depression or was actually the root cause that looked like depression. And so for me there's this element of there was a time in my life where I feel like it had nothing to do with anything I was or wasn't doing. It was literally unhealed trauma that created the post-traumatic. This was literally an aspect of my personality 
and an aspect, an incredibly deeply ingrained trait of people pleasing where I would not follow what I needed to do because there was so much internal internal turmoil of what that would mean about me. Would that make me selfish? Would that look like I didn't care? Would that look like uh, I was only concerned about me and I didn't think about other people and the the inner turmoil was all about how what the perception of me would be and yet I was literally at the lowest of the lows, like literally completely spent with life and living the life the way that I was and yet I couldn't just get up one day and say these are this is the decision that I've made and so for me I feel like there's a there's a lot of people out there that if they actually had the opportunity to sit in a very still peaceful safe space and be guided within to seek their truth I think there would be a large percentage of people that feel like they're losing their mind because they don't know how to trust in following their heart and their gut instinct and their soul and so it kind of feels like you're going crazy because the situation that you're in is is not is not your truth it's not the it's not the path that you are being called to but you don't necessarily know how to separate the perception of you or the desire to still be enough and to still be accepted and still be loved if you walk a path that other people may not want for you other people may not see it coming that the outside world has you in this box of this is who you are and this is what you do and this is how you do it and you begin to feel that inner rumbling of but that's not who I am and that's not how I want to do it and that push pull of are you going to follow your own inner wisdom or you're going to follow the and and be overwhelmed by the voices that give you every reason why it won't be safe to do that thing and so as i contemplated this in terms of well well what did what why would it matter like if i was being true to myself if you're being true to yourself like why why would it matter what people thought? Why would it matter if they didn't agree? If it's true for you, wouldn't that just make sense to do that? And in a perfect world, we would live our life like that. And for particular people and personalities, they do live their life like that. And that's fantastic. Like I think I have a son that I that I, I think lives a little like that or it, it appears that that's how he lives. He, he looks very comfortable in his own skin and... You know, I admire that about him. I tell him all the time, I, when I grow up, I want to be more like you. And yet we're not all like that. That's not all, that's not the path for all of us, is it? Some of us, we do have to step through the 
the, the discomfort of of choosing us and 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 being okay with that and so as I contemplated it it was like wow I can see the times in my life where I did need to choose me and people made it very clear that that was that was not necessarily okay or those situations where I owed people something and I began to recognize the discomfort that those situations can bring about for us when you feel like you're a a, a good person like you love people you care about people you want the best for people and yet there will be situations where we will all be confronted And maybe we've even perpetrated it without even realising, but the expectations that are placed on us to be a certain way, to keep the kind of like happy train rolling, that everybody wants their piece of you, everybody wants you to march to a certain beat for them and and beginning to recognise, especially for a notorious people pleaser, what that looks like and what that feels like and why that is even apparent in in your life and so this is the thing this particular situation that I began reflecting on was you know in my in my past I've 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 lived in communities with with family friends and things like that and you know I've been helped out enormously over my life I've always been so blessed with really amazing support and I really value the support that people give and there was a situation though where there was there there was dysfunction that was happening in in other situations where I was not my perception of how everything was playing out was not in alignment with a particular person that had deemed to help me out in in my particular situation and so it became very apparent that I should have been in support of that situation based on the help that he had given me. And it was maybe not in that moment and maybe I'm really only beginning to uncover it now that my truth and the way that I saw life and the right for me to actually have my own opinion on how things played out was almost like I wasn't entitled to that because somebody had helped me in a particular way. And how often, like even for yourself to reflect on this, that I I don't necessarily believe that if people are helping us out, then then that entitles them to tell us what we should think and feel and, and and the lens that we should perceive life through. But this is the thing that 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 can tie into it is that you know as we go through life and as we live at life and we may we may need to lean into people or be supported by people or have things happen or you know and it doesn't matter how much we give back. Like that doesn't seem to come into the equation and that's okay. But it's this, it's almost like in some, when you're not kind of rock solid in who you are and that you are worthy of 
of help and support if if it's needed and and I'm assuming that you know we all help and support people in our own way but that doesn't entitle the world to, to think that they then have ownership over your truth and and this is my thing is that it doesn't matter whether it's parents or friends or workplace environments or any any relationship any situation the way that you see life and your truth and the, what you need to follow is always yours and you may be confronted and you may have been confronted with the idea of but if i do this for you or if i show up for you or if i you know give you this or that therefore you must fall into line with how I see the world. And so sometimes we we do feel like we're in need of that that situation and that support. And so we can tend to roll over to look into, like roll over and and mould into, well, this is who I need to be because I need to be this to, to keep the happy train going. I need to not say this or I need to say this or, you know, we mould ourselves into the version that will get us the approval to ensure that the happy train keeps rolling so we don't upset that happy train and yet ours is being derailed because you are not, we, we can tend to sell out our truth for safety. And I feel like for me I can see where, all these little building blocks of losing my mind. But what I was really losing was my truth and it was the anguish of not being able to step in and step up to that that felt like I was going crazy. And when I began to harness that it is okay for me to walk the path that I need to walk, and I actually don't owe anyone my truth. People can choose to help and support or not. And I can be grateful and, and very appreciative without morphing into a, a, a truth that's not mine. And we can give ourselves permission to step up and step out in our truth and be who we are and let the world see who we are. And we have to let go of the fact that there may be times where that won't be enough for people, where that will be too much for people. It's only when we doubt in our enoughness and we shrink and hide our truth and don't live out our hopes and dreams that a lot of the time that can feel like you're losing your mind. Give yourself permission. Just one step in honouring the truth of who you are. It may feel uncomfortable to start with, but I assure you the more you do it, the more you lean in, the more you trust in who you are and that you already are enough and that you don't owe anybody your truth but you, life changes. <laughs>